Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, May 5th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Chiefs are on the clock for the 2022 draft. Hey, but before we get there, let's take a look back at what happened last weekend with beat writers Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell. We speculate on immediate contributors out of this draft class, what position groups were helped, and which ones weren't. Also, did you know that the draft spectacle is coming to Kansas City in two years? We chat about that as well. So here is your NFL draft debrief with Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell. All right, guys, there was a there was a thing called the NFL draft uh, this past weekend, and Herbie, Sam, and I were talking about this earlier that I, I had forgotten how how long, even though the, the Chiefs didn't even draft in the first round, but how how sort of exhausted you are by the end of the draft and by the end of the draft weekend. There's just so much going on, and and especially with the Chiefs, because not only did, not only are they drafting, but this is an opportunity to speak to uh, front office personnel, the draft picks, the, the the Chiefs Hall of Fame guy. It's just a it's just a long, busy weekend. That and for you, you know, with grades and everything, it doesn't wrap up until well, just about now, basically, right? <laughs> hey, I'm I'm old enough to remember when the NFL draft used to be over a weekend. Remember those days, Blair? Yep. Saturday yep. and Sunday. Now you have to mentally prepare yourself for prime time and three straight days. And I don't think that the NFL is ever going to go back to a weekend draft. I mean, what, third most watched draft in history this past week? So it's a grind, but, you know, it's a glorious grind. It's that time of the year where it signals, hey, we're about ready to go into off- the meat of the off-season workout program. And after that camp and then shortly after that, the start of the regular season. What's this thing going to look like in Kansas City in two years? Hectic for those of us covering it, Blair. We've already, Herbie and I already decided over the weekend that we think you're going to be the lead guy covering this draft in 2023 here. <laughs> the point person. <laughs> yeah, who's going to go downtown? I mean, it's, well, I'm sure we're going to have wall-to-wall coverage because it's in our backyard. But at the same time, you know, we still have to cover the draft. That's, that's a good piece for entertainment quarters. Get out there and, and soak in the environment while let the rest of us deal with the football stuff. In all, in all seriousness, Blair, like this city does not disappoint when it gets events like this. And so I, I am excited to see what it does with the 2023 draft. You know, I think Union Station as a backdrop would be pretty cool. And, you know, Power, Power and Light's not a place I, I frequent a lot, but I do think that Power and Light during draft weekend would be a pretty cool place to be. I'll never forget the scene during the, the 2015 World Series celebration at Union Station. It was probably this way for the, I'm sure it was for the Chiefs as well, but uh, but for the World Series celebration, the massive humanity on the hill down from Liberty Memorial it was quite a sight, and I suspect that area will be used for the fans, a lot of it for the fans. Yeah, and it won't be just Chiefs fans coming into town either. I mean, the yeah, NFL right. draft draws all 32 teams, so their entire fan base, this is going to be a, it's gonna be a fascinating scene for sure. It, it's always cool because, I mean, those of us who live in Kansas City know what it offers, but you do get the feeling a lot that people who don't live here don't really know just maybe have a little bit of a misconception about Kansas City. And so it's, it's always nice when you do get sort of people from all over the country converging on Kansas City and getting a little bit of its flavor. All right, guys, let's go back and look at the, look at the draft. Uh, Nick Bolton in the second round, Creed Humphrey in the second round as well, five picks apart. It's always fun when the Chiefs have picks that are almost right on top of each other. Uh, Bolton, of course, a linebacker from Missouri, Creed Humphrey, the center from, from Oklahoma. 
Joshua Kando, do we pronounce it Kando? That's that's something else that we learned during draft week is how to pronounce some of these players' names. That's how the Chiefs have been pronouncing it, so that's what we're going with. Defensive end out of Florida, Noah Gray, the tight end from Duke in the fifth round, also in the fifth round, Cornell Powell, the wide receiver from Clemson, and of course, Trey Smith, the offensive lineman from Tennessee in the sixth round. As we take the draft class as a whole, the question every fan of every team wants to know is if their team met their needs. And I think if we're allowed to include Orlando Brown with the Chiefs draft class, since they did trade their first round pick for him, that's three offensive linemen among the seven players and seven newcomers. I would say that it's it's fair to say anyway that the Chiefs did meet their need and address their need with this draft class. Herbie, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. Not necessarily just their needs, but also the value they got out of this draft. You mentioned the three offensive linemen. Two of them, Orlando Brown's obviously starter. Creed Humphrey, I'm going to pencil him in as a starter. You don't spend a second-round draft pick on Creed Humphrey and expect him to sit. You know, his competition is going to be Austin Blythe. Blythe is a veteran. He comes with a numerous starting experience from the L.A. Rams. But I think Humphrey, given arguably one of the top, if not the top center in the draft, you get him in the second round. My goodness. Love that pick of Trey Smith. You know, that that's the pick that really put this draft over the edge for me, you know, is – this is a guy, if not for medical issues, specifically the blood clots, then we haven't had those issues since 2018. This is a guy that should have easily went a lot higher. That's the steal of the draft to me, and, and it just happens to be in Kansas City. He's probably not going to start this year, but this is a guy that's, that's going to be starting for you in 2022 and beyond. This was a phenomenal draft for them, and I think when, when you talk about the starters, they potentially got out of this. Nick Bolton, I, he should start off the bat. Andy Reid basically said he, he could be a day-one starter. Humphrey there, and then everyone else, man. Nice developmental pieces, nice depth. I have to teach myself to quit saying Colin Powell. <laughs> always, every time I see Cornell Powell, like, and I, I thought I, I called him Colin Powell on, on this Zoom call, but you know he's an interesting piece as well. I like this draft. I gave it a B plus. You know, Blair, I think that they met their needs, but maybe not in the order I expected them to address them. I mean, the Chiefs, of course, will tell you that they draft best player available, but it just so happens that the positions that they drafted are positions that we perceive to be areas of weakness. Now, they stacked on top of offensive linemen when they had already addressed that through free agency. Um, But going into the draft, you know, I, I thought they have to get a wide receiver at some point. They've got to get a linebacker at some point. I did think maybe they'd get a defensive back, and they didn't end up with a defensive back out of it. But then the other position was edge rusher. I thought the edge rusher could be the first one off the board. I, I thought at some point in the second round, that first day where they had those two picks, like you mentioned, separated just five spots apart, that we would see an edge rusher off the board, and they wait till the fourth round to get one. And maybe it's because, you know, Kendo did not have a sack last year, and so – they may have thought, you know, this guy has all the talent and the tools that we want in an edge rusher. And because he didn't get a sack, he's going to fall. And that's the guy we could get rather than having to spend second round capital out of it. I I thought going into the draft that edge rusher was their biggest need. And so I thought they've got to address that at some point. So yeah, they they did address all of their needs. But like I said, maybe just not in the order of of the, the most urgent ones. I thought the North Carolina wide receiver might, fit, might, might have been gone. Brown, is that his name? Uh, yeah, Diami Brown, yeah. Yeah, uh, when especially after they took the they took Bolton and then Humphrey, both in the second round at 58 and 63. I thought maybe that second player was going to be Brown. He's gotten a lot of good publicity 
And I forgot where he ended up, but... Washington. Okay. A lot of praise, you know, one of the better steals of the draft. But the, And the Chiefs did address wide receiver with its Herbie calls him, Colin Powell. <laughs> but but uh, Cor- Cornell Powell, interesting guy. Sam, I know you wrote about him. Yeah. You know, he had the, 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 the good stat year in his final year at Clemson. But I also like how the Chiefs described him as a, you know, a guy that can go up and get it and, and win kind of 50-50 balls. Something that the Chiefs really don't have right now. Yeah, and that's something that, I mean, the story I, I kind of framed it around the fact that, you know, they, they'll tell you that he was the best player available on their board. But he just so happens to fit of not just a position need, but a very specific type of player at that position, which is the X receiver. That's what Sammy Watkins played with when he was here. And the reason that spot's important, now the, the Chiefs move their receivers around a lot. But the X receiver is the one that is, has to line up on the line of scrimmage. And therefore, he faces the most press coverage of any receiver. In 2019, we wrote a lot about the Chiefs struggling against press man coverage. Sammy Watkins is the guy that has to play most often against press man coverage, and he's gone. And a lot of times in college, Powell was that guy for Clemson. He was lining up as the X receiver, lining up on the line of scrimmage. And when you watch him play, he's got a lot of different ways of getting off the line, even against press man coverage. And I think that's why he's a really good fit here. Now, the toughness and the strength, and I mean, you look at him, the guy's got a really muscular build. And I I think his size is is probably attractive. Trevor Lawrence threw a lot of back shoulder fades, and that's not something we see the Chiefs do a lot of either. So I do wonder if maybe they like that aspect of him. But, you know, Ryan Nutt, the director of college scouting, said he's going to be the post-up receiver, basically. The Chiefs don't have one of those. I think that the way he gets off the line of scrimmage is what stands out most to me because that allows guys like McCole Hardman and Sammy Watkins not to have to line up on the line. You know, when Watkins got hurt, I think a lot of people thought, well, Hardman can just take his snaps, but he doesn't play that position. Just because he's a receiver, he, he doesn't play as well against press coverage. So this is a guy that maybe could fill that role for him. I say this every time we talk. I'm still higher on Byron Pringle than most. And I, I think we're going to see increased production, a lot of increased production from Byron Pringle. I don't, I don't have his numbers in front of me. He's only had a couple touchdowns in his career. But I just think he moves into the Sammy Watkins role. And we'll see Powell become a pro, basically, work his way into becoming a, a pro. It's it's just too much to expect a, a first-year wide receiver. Unless you're you know, a first-round guy made for the NFL, especially in an offense as complicated as the Chiefs. But I, I think we are expecting to have players in person, right, Herbie? They're you know, the rookies, and as opposed to last season when it was all done via Zoom, they're supposed to be here now. Yeah, there should be the camps should be opening May the 14th through the 16th. But of course, the NFLPA they had their way. We'll have to. We're going to be on watch here to see how many teams rookie class decide to opt out of the voluntary rookie mini camp because that part is not mandatory. But you know, if they follow the, the, the Chiefs Veterans League, then you know Brett Veach seems to believe they're going to be here. And he told us on Monday they start flying in next Wednesday, so we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, if if they do do the camp, we'll 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 be out there. The latest is that the Players Association is also trying to get the rookies to follow the veterans lead and not show up virtual. Now, the Chiefs are not one of the teams, of course, that has said that their veterans are not even going to be showing up in person. So, man, I mean, Blair, we, we've talked about this a lot. There were some rookies last year for the Chiefs that could have used these offseason days. You're dead right on on Powell, the fact that, you know, the guy's a rookie. You can't expect him just to come right in and play, you know, 75, 80 percent of the snaps. We saw that with the second round pick last year with Willie Gay, and they liked Willie Gay a lot. And he still was was a guy that was on the bench for a hell of a lot more snaps than he was on the field for. So that should be always kept in mind, of course, with all draft classes. But 
especially the guys that aren't going to be out there in person. So I'm really interested to see what, what rookies show up, particularly after last year. Yeah, the, the lack of the off-season workout program last year, lack of OTAs, minicamp, an abbreviated training camp probably hurt Willie Gay the most. As we all know, in 2019, when they switched from Bob Sutton to Steve Spagnuolo, it took that defense until about mid-season to hit their stride. And, you know, expecting a rookie to come in and learn that scheme, this is really going to affect Nick Bolton's progression and development. Because if they don't have in-person workouts, you're probably going to see the same thing with him that, that happened with Willie Gay. They're not going to put him out there. They're not going to set him up for failure. You know, they're going to want him to take his time and learn the scheme. So Sam nailed it. They need these off-season workout programs. I mean, what do you, what if you've got a guy in the position battle? You know, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton's a, a great example. You know, there's there's several downs where the Chiefs only put two linebackers on the field. We know Hitchens is going to be on the field a lot. I still think Ben Neiman's going to see the field on some of the dime packages. So if you're in a position battle, I just think it would be very difficult to skip some of these in-person days as voluntary as they might be classified. I think if you're a guy like Nick Bolton or if you're a guy like Willie Gay and some of the other veterans aren't going to show up, I think it'd, it'd be tough for those two guys to skip some of these days. Yeah, Neiman's going to be critical. Last year, he started. I remember being out there in training camp, and I'm expecting to see Willie Gay out there with the ones. And, of course, we can't report. Back then, we couldn't report what we saw, so I had to keep saying, don't be surprised if Ben Neiman starts. So we're probably going to be doing a lot of that again this year. Okay, let's take a break and pick up the conversation after this. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKC offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, we're back with Sam McDowell and Herbie Teope, who covered the Chiefs for the Kansas City Star. We were talking about the linebackers. How about the friendship that apparently Nick Bolton and Willie Gay have? Willie Gay tried to get him to go to Mississippi State. Is that did I hear that right? I think that's what I heard. Yeah, but you know what? Those two project as the future, so it's actually good that they have a, a pre-existing relationship. You know, the thing with Bolton, middle linebacker at Mizzou, and he's certainly not going to supplant Anthony Hitchens. But the key thing to him is when they're in that four-three base, like Andy Reid said and Brett Veach said, he can play all three positions. And that's, that's where he's probably going to start off. He, you know, he's not going to be their middle linebacker to start the season. Let's talk about Noah Gray, the tight end from Duke. Fifth-round pick, first tight end drafted by the Chiefs since 2015. What, what's his projection? Where does he fit in? The Chiefs have Blake Bell. Why, why draft a tight end this year? I, I think Noah Gray is more... Um Technically on the depth chart, you know, it's, it's, I think Blake Bell's going to be the tight end too above Nick Kaiser, but let's say it plays out like that. You know, you would think on a depth chart, the, the way a quarterback would work, that means he's Travis Kelsey's backup. The tight end two doesn't really work that way. It's more like if you have two tight ends on the field, the tight end two is also on the field. Noah Gray, I think they would like him to develop more into a guy that if Travis Kelsey's not on the field in a one tight end set passing down situation, he's a guy that can fill that spot. 
because he's definitely more of a receiving threat. You know, the other answer to your question is they, I think they're interested to see where he fits in because he played so many different spots in college. They probably would like to get him on the field and see where he might fit in best in the NFL because he's a little bit lighter. So, you know, I don't know that he's going to be doing a lot of um, power packages lining up on the line. I don't I think he's a guy that can line up in the slot or even out wide. Like I said, the way that Travis Kelsey does, I see him more of a, a true backup to Travis Kelsey than a tight end two on the depth chart would be. Yeah, and I tend to agree with Sam there. Kelsey, he's an elite tight end. No, no ands and buts about it. The guy is entering his ninth season. Okay, so it, it makes sense. You have a view for the future. I think Noah Gray has a lot more upside than in 2015 when they drafted James O'Shaughnessy. Hey, hey, I remember those days. But this guy has a little bit more pop to him. He can line up in various positions along the line of scrimmage. He can be an inline guy. He can be outside guy. He can play the slot. He can play an H-back role. I mean, this, this guy gives them a lot more upside. All right, who has the best chance to be the day one starter out of this draft class? Creed Humphrey. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Sam, do you agree with that, Creed Humphrey? Yeah, I think probably Creed Humphrey, yeah. How about if there was a second choice here to be a day one starter? Nick Bolton. Of course, all this is really going to depend on whether they have the offseason workout program in place. I'm going to be a little concerned if they go into training camp without OTAs and minicamp because that's just way too many missed reps. And again, it's going to go back to the Chiefs are not going to set up these players for failure. If they have the players do show up for OTAs at 10 days of practice or on-field work, and then the three-day mandatory minicamp, Bolton has a, a leg up than what Willie Gay would have had last year. Yeah, I think they've got a draft class player that most of these guys are, are going to contribute pretty quickly. Um, you know, Bolton, even if he doesn't start, is going to be getting on the field. I think Creed Humphrey will start. Joshua Kando, I think, is a little bit more of a project, but I still think that project comes with him actually getting some snaps and games. The, the receiver at the Cornell Powell, I think, is going to get snaps. Uh, you know, he's, he might not be a starter, but he's going to play. Really, the only one I think is going to start is, is, is a guy that you might not see dressing on game days would be Trey Smith. And like Herbie said, I still think he's the guy that could potentially start in 2022. I mean, a lot of these offensive linemen that they grabbed are on one-year deals. So out of last year's class, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Legereus Sneed were starters. Out of the 2019 class, McCole Hardman and Juan Thornhill were starters. From 2018, Derek Noddy. So you've got to get production and you've got to get some starting assignments out of a draft class every year for financial reasons, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. The key thing with, with the draft class, though, is they're on rookie deals. So you don't need to, like, you're not going to raise your eyebrows if they're not contributing immediately compared to a guy who signed a four-year, $60 million contract. You, know, you want that contribution production. But the, the, if these guys, you can afford to take time with, as far as like outside of the second round and maybe a couple of picks that uh, Sam mentioned there. I don't think you need to expect Trey Smith to contribute immediately. You, you know he's the view for the future. Any of the undrafted free agents uh, raise an eyebrow for you guys? Not really? <laughs> no. Not, not I look at them all as, I mean. you know, this is all depth. You know, the, the Chiefs entered the draft with, what, 75 players on the roster, six draft picks. You, you know, you had to fill nine spots to get to the 90, and they're almost there. It's definitely a, a place that they've mined well, though, over the past few years. I mean, Ben Neiman's played a lot of snaps for him. Turk Warden played a lot of snaps for him. Heck, Daryl Williams was an undrafted free agent. Charvarius Ward was an undrafted free agent. Of course, the Cowboys picked him up before trading him here, but they've gotten value out of, out of those guys. So none stand out to me right now, but I'd be surprised if none of them made the roster. What about Shane Bouchelle, the quarterback? What's, uh, what yeah, was the he purpose could, of he signing could, him? He, he could play day one, yeah. 
<laughs> he is the son of a major league baseball player, Steve Buchel. The Chiefs, interestingly enough, have five quarterbacks on the roster. There's a typo in my my draft grades there, but there's like five quarterbacks outside of Chad Henney and Patrick Mahomes. You've got Gordon, you've got Jordan Tamu returning. Five quarterbacks is going to be interesting to see how that battle shapes out. Okay, so what's uh, mentioned it earlier, Herbie? What, what do we have coming up? Uh, I'll, I'll give you the first thing we have coming up. The NFL schedule is out on the evening of May the twelfth. So that's a week from a week from Wednesday. Yeah. We're, well, we're recording this on Tuesday, and it's being posted on Wednesday. So a week from tonight is when <laughs> the um, is when the schedule will be released. I don't know if there's any mystery about it. The only thing that I think is terribly interesting is when they where the Packers game is going to end up being the 17th opponent for the chiefs is the green Bay Packers. What an attractive game, especially if Aaron Rodgers stays in, <laughs> in green Bay. Of course, if he doesn't, he ends up in Denver or Las Vegas. You got a couple of attractive options for chiefs games, but, uh, I don't see that being the opener, but that, that could be an attractive game and maybe even Thanksgiving this year for the chiefs since the Cowboys are on the schedule. Two things that I'm always interested in. First is how many primetime games there are. Second is, when do we go to Vegas? <laughs> well, you didn't go at all last year. so Didn't go at all last year. I haven't forgotten that. <laughs> the North remembers. Oh, my goodness. That was the date Sam and I circled on our calendars. And then, lo and behold, we didn't go. Yeah. If that could be a Monday night game and we could have an extra day, that would be fantastic. <laughs> Back in the old days, you would go in and advance the game. you go in a couple days early to oh, set that's- the scene. No, right it's a good right. idea. I think that needs to be done just to scope out this little known city that the Chiefs have never traveled to to play. Somebody should give the readers to hear back in Kansas City. And I, I would fall on that sword if need be. I mean, you guys have taken your lumps. So I'll fall on that sword if, if we need somebody to do that. All right. So that's next Wednesday. Um, I think it's on NFL Network. We'll have a special podcast the day after on the Chiefs 17 game schedule. What else, Herbie, comes up after that? Uh, the rookies are in town on um, on the 14th. Yep, two days later, you got the rookies rookie mini camp May the 14th through the 16th, and then organized team activities ten days last week of May, and then um, it'll run through mid June where they'll they'll take that three day mandatory mini camp, and then the five week break for training camp. Wow, we're there! Holy smokes, we're there! There really is no off season, is there, for the NFL? There's like two weeks in July. You know, the funny thing is you mentioned the primetime show for the NFL draft release. Blair, you and I are old enough to remember when all we, they used to send it out in an email. It was the release. Good. Right. The NFL. <laughs> I remember when they used to send it out in an envelope. <laughs> you took it out of the envelope and you opened it up and, okay, here's the here's the Cowboys schedule. So Yeah, now you got to go through a three-hour primetime show. Really? <laughs> yep, exactly. All right, we will pick up the conversation next week with Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell. Thanks, you guys. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell for stopping by and talking Chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and, as always, on KansasCity.com. And speaking of kansascity.com we've got a deal for you you can subscribe to sports pass for 99 cents a month that's right 99 pennies a month sports pass is the online version of the star sports section you get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the star plus more stories that appear only on the website and they certainly go there first after three months it auto renews at 5.99 a month unless you cancel it's always a great time to subscribe 
The Royals are off to a hot start. The local colleges are always making news. It is never not Chiefs season. So how do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of the offers, just send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com. I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's a sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with another episode.